Jeep Adventure Days is going on now. Hurry in for great deals on a great selection of Jeep brand vehicles. Now get 10% below MSRP for an average of 6903 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 6903 average based on 10% below average MSRP from all 2023 Wrangler 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 10-2. Jeep is a registered trademark. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Exclude stacks. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Season 4 of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. And thank you so very much for joining into another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I am streaming this, recording this from the beautiful state of Utah right now. Our family was on a has been on a very special trip, seeing Zion National Park, Valley of Fire Canyon in Nevada. Just amazing times. And I've also been able to knock out some really incredible podcast interviews. Before I give you guys the bio for my special guest today, I want to encourage you. If you want to know how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I have a free PDF available for you. That is in the podcast description. It's a nine-page free Bible study for you talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit and baptism with the Holy Spirit and then an activation to receive the baptism. Do you believe we are living in the end times? Are we seeing the signs of the times Jesus talked about with wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes? With recent events of social unrest on the streets worldwide, a pandemic, and the shaking taking place in the political realm, we want to answer your questions and calm your fears by giving you hope through our e-course, The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology. You can go through the e-course on your time, diving deep into learning how to study apocalyptic and prophetic passages of Scripture. You'll do a study on the mark of the beast and learn about the signs of the times Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, and hear what the major views of the end times are and learn what the rapture really is. We will lay a grounded and biblical answer to a number of your questions about the end times, and you'll learn if Bible codes are real, and you'll hear if the Shemitah applies to us today, and make up your own mind if the United States of America is prophesied in the Bible. I want to give you a warning. This e-course, The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology, may shatter your worldview and what you have been traditionally taught about the end times. Go to www.charismacourses.com to purchase The Last Days, A Reformation in Eschatology with Jared Lasky eCourse today. Guys, I'm excited for today's very special guest. I have Kyle Duncan, who is a 35-year publishing veteran, New York Times best-selling ghostwriter. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I've never ghostwritten before, but that's awesome. He's worked with scores of best-selling authors, including John Wooden, Dr. Gary Chapman, The Voice of the Martyrs, and even Toby Mack. He's got an English literature degree from UCLA, and he writes full-time from his home in San Diego, California. So please help me welcome Kyle Duncan. 
Duncan to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks, Jared. It's really a blessing to be here today. Thank you. Well, it's it's an honor. It's a pleasure. And I bless you, brother. I was reading through um, your book, uh, Hope for Ukraine, which we'll be talking about today. Um, so I've got a bunch of questions, but I'm already like jumping ahead of myself. <laughs> I'd like for you to share how you got into writing and your calling in life. You know, let let our viewers know who you are and yeah. what God has done through you. Sure. So I'm born and raised in Southern California, Jared, and and came to Christ during the Jesus movement. I, I'm a, I'm a man of a certain age, and um, remember as a kid seeing Keith Green live, going to Griffith Park in Los Angeles, and and seeing you know second chapter of Acts and love song with my I'm the so my old older siblings, we all came to Jesus during that time. Raised Episcopal, you know, the high church smells and bells, which was great. But then, you know, who is this guy, Jesus? And it was pretty amazing. And so born and raised in L.A., you know, and, and got tapped in early to like places like Church on the Way with Jack Hayford and just yeah. sat under some great teaching. And that's where I used to go to church when I was in college. Met my wife there through Campus Crusade, which was a real blessing. And, you know, I was an English major and, you know, God just opened this crazy door for me to go work at Focus on the Family when they were still in Pasadena. So that was my first job, my first real job out of college. And then from there, I just, I went to, I went on to work for several Christian publishers and I've spent wow. almost my entire career in, in that faith-based part of Christian, uh, of publishing. Oh, wow. That's awesome. If I would have known some of the Jesus movement stuff, maybe we'll schedule another time to talk about sure. those things during the Jesus movement in the seventies yeah. or so. I yeah. know that there's been a revitalization on understanding of those things. Um, Absolutely. I just, yeah. I, I want to honor the fathers, the people who have gone on before us during that time. But then how did you've been publishing for 35 years or so mm -hmm. and then ghostwriting. So can you mm -hmm. briefly share about ghostwriting? Because I've had people ask me before, I'm like, I don't know, like, what should I do? <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, well, um, so yeah, I, I sat on the other side of the desk, right? I, I was the publishing guy at several different houses as a VP or publisher running those book lines, so responsible for acquiring the books, putting the list together, you know, every quarter. I, I had the pleasure of working for Baker Publishing Group and with I'm very good friends with them. Shout out to my publisher, Chosen, which is their uh, spirit-led publishing arm there. And, you know, I just, so that's what I did. And then, and then over the years I, I was writing and I, and I learned the trades of journalism from a boss who was a newspaper man prior to getting into the Christian space. And then, uh, yeah, I went on my own. I went out on my own in 2011, so a dozen years ago. And I put out my shingle as a writer and a publishing coach. And then the ghostwriting work, it was just kind of like pastor called me up once and it's like, I, I can't write, I can't write my way out of a paper bag, but here's a bunch of content mm -hmm. tapes and videos and whatnot. And just, that's kind of how, that's kind of how it got started. So now, yeah, mostly I'm, I'm advising, I'm coaching. I work with a lot of pastors and NGOs, you know, for, uh, 501c3s. And, you know, I just don't want to waste any of my energy or time on anything other than helping to advance the kingdom no. and to, you know, help produce books that allow Jesus to work more deeply into people's lives. Oh, I love that. Advancing the kingdom. Now you've got this book out called yeah. Hope for Ukraine. And, and I was reading through that, you know, you've got some, uh, you even have some personal connections mm -hmm. for to the Ukraine. So I'd love for, yeah. for you to kind of share how you got connected to Ukraine and then even the writing process where you had gone to Ukraine for three weeks and it, it, it did read like dispatches from a war. 
Um, yeah. I think people can find a number of things to connect. You share that. Yeah, absolutely. So going back, the, the story really begins in 03 when, uh, or 01 actually, right around 9-11. My wife and I were told that the pregnancy, the, the, the child that she was carrying at the time, she was about five months pregnant. This was the summer of 2011, 2001, excuse me. This child probably wouldn't live. It had severe genetic uh, complications. And sure enough, our son Joseph was born, was born with what's called trisomy 13, which is a very debilitating and devastating uh, genetic disorder. And he only lived for three days. And so obviously that was terrible. You know, we knew he was and believed that he was with the Lord. But then, you know, a couple of years later, my wife had, you can just say, a vision at night. And the Lord spoke to her and gave her a picture of a little boy and kept saying the word Ukraine to her. And she was like, Ukraine. I, I know that's part of the former Soviet Union, but I mean, it was it was a prophetic call for us to to adopt. It wasn't like this Hollywood romantic thing where it was like, oh, we just yearn for a little boy. It was it was like out of the blue, the Holy Spirit speaking to my wife, and she she walks in prophecy at times, but she's not a pro she doesn't sit in the office of a prophet. You know, when she gets a word like that, I stand up and listen. And and so even though it took me a, kind of a little while to come around, because I mean, the Lord was so specific and said, we want you to adopt a little boy from Ukraine. He's going to be between, you know, five and six is very specific, Jared. Wow. That started a journey. Uh, fast forward to 07. We go to Ukraine. We've got all the paperwork, and you know, I'm sure you have friends who have done international adoptions. It's like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, it's it's like I've bought homes, and it's like doing escrow times ten with the paperwork and FBI background checks. I mean, it's insane. Finally, we got all that stuff cleared. We went and we adopted this little boy uh, named Zhenya from Mariupol, which you and your listeners may be familiar with that city. It's it's. It's basically completely in rubble. And it was actually the front line of the civil war that started in 2014 when the Russians started getting involved in Ukraine and when they annexed Crimea. So that was all nine years ago now. And so all that made our family then leading up to February 24th of last year, the invasion, the big invasion by Russia. You know, we, we paid attention to the news. You know, we have a Ukrainian son, more than probably the average American. And so when the war broke out, I just was grieving in my spirit. I'm like, Lord, what what can I do? I feel so helpless. My son, of course, by this time, he's 21 and he wants to jump on a plane and go fight, which I can understand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's his yeah. people there. Yeah. And we were able to talk him out of that because he's in a welding program. And I said, look, when the war's over, I'll take you over there and we'll help rebuild because they're going to need welders. And he said, OK, dad, deal. And so around 20, the 24th, I... I just had this unction from the Holy Spirit, this idea dropped into my head, kind of like the, some of your older readers over, over 35, 40 will remember Jesus freaks, you yeah. know, the D, the DC talk, uh, Toby Mac and his, and his boys, that book. And I just had a vision for a book like that, which was a compilation of stories told through the eyes of people on the ground. And that's the idea that the Lord gave me. And then Jared, I'll just fast forward, but the details and they're in the book. If 50 things, it's one of those things in life where if 50 things have to happen and in the, in the, in the earthly realm, you know, the odds are that maybe 40 are going to happen, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, all 50 of them happened. And so literally within two weeks of me having the idea, I had a book deal, me and my co-author, Esther Federkevich, we had a book deal with, with Baker chosen. And I was on a plane to Poland and I was just, the doors just flew open. And so that's, that's the genesis of why I, 
had an interest in it, why the Lord had given me the assignment for Ukraine. And then I went, yeah, and I spent most of my time in Poland interviewing refugees, but I did get into Ukraine as well and interview people there. And it was, um, to say the least, a, a life-changing experience. I'm not a war reporter, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a geopolitical expert uh, at some war college on the East Coast. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian publishing guy and a writer with a journalism background, but it was just an honor to be able to get that assignment and then see God just throw open all the doors and, and just to, you know, walk through them. And it was scary and I didn't think I could pull it off. I had to write the book in a month. It was crazy, but you know, God is good all the time. Yeah. Well, I've had a couple of friends. Uh, One of them had done some private, he was in the military, did private contracting and things like that. And he underwent a transformation going to Ukraine, not to fight or anything like that, because like, you know, like you've got a disclaimer on your book that you don't know the geopolitical, all that. You're you're a person coming in to see what's, you know, take the stories from these people who are suffering. So my friend went in there for three months he was rescuing refugees. God bless him. It changed his life. I mean, he was paying yeah. his own way. For three yeah. months, he was ta- driving in and out, crossing yeah. borders, picking people up, saving people. And yeah. another friend of mine who I'd gone to school with, he's also an author now, very motivational story about being a Green Beret. So that's, wow. his name was Ryan Hendrickson. And he goes in there, I think he's been there three times to demine, you know, because the landmines are everywhere. They need, and they need, those, yeah, they need those guys. Those will take many, many years to demine. So there he is volunteering his time and demining and things. So, uh, I mean, this is going to be prolonged. I know the media right now is, you know, the, General Milley was on the other day. And even though I'm a veteran, I don't really, the way we lost Afghanistan, you know, know. that's on Milley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that that was a huge, huge blunder. Yeah. It was but, a debacle. But they're saying that Russia is losing. And again, I've never been there. I don't know what it's like, Mm -hmm. but I do want to see innocent people protected, saved, valued. So you went to the Ukraine for three weeks and you've got this chapter on Mariupol. Uh, Can you expand on that? Because I'd never heard of it before, but I know that this is like a big deal. I think 70% of it is gone. So can you? uh, Oh, yeah. So yeah, Mariupol is down in the south. And the reason it's so important, it is literally, it's 30 miles from the Russian border. And it has the main highway from there across to Odessa, which is a major city, and Kherson. Kherson's been in the news because the Russians had captured it. And it's kind of like, think about New Orleans as the mouth of the Mississippi. Kherson is the port town at the mouth of Ukraine's largest river, the Dnieper River, which literally, it's like the Mississippi, it divides Ukraine in two. And so that's why it's so strategic. And, And there's a road that goes across and it has to go smack dab through Mariupol. So going back, Jared, and, and as a former, um, thank you for your service, by the way, as a former military man, you'll get this. Uh, in 14, you know, the Russians are supporting the separatists in that part of the country, and they're trying to push across because Putin has, he's not in there, you know, just because he's patriotic for these separatists, you know, he has devices. And they, they the Russians want to get this land corridor, right, which they now have because they did capture Mariupol. Um, and it's intense. It's it is like the modern day Stalingrad. It's like ninety seven percent destroyed. Wow. They say, and I have I have really amazing Christian brothers and sisters who are right outside that city as we speak, uh, who love Jesus, going in every day, risking their lives to pull people out of there. And 
One of them is a guy named uh, Gennady Moknenko, and he's in the book, an incredible spirit-filled pastor from Mariupol, and now he's, he calls himself a war chaplain. And the war chaplains over there, Jared, you'll appreciate this, there, there are hundreds and hundreds of born-again pastors in the trenches as we speak, uplifting and praying down protection for the men and women um, of Ukraine. You know, and just to touch briefly on it, just for your listeners, I know we hear a lot of chatter here too about the political, you know, Ukraine. Well, they're not, you know, they're not like the perfect country and they, the Bidens were tied to them and all this kind of political stuff. And I get that. I respect that political stuff, but I, I really would say, let's put on your spiritual lens. Yeah. Folks, when you're looking at Ukraine, pray in the spirit, how you want the Lord to specifically guide you to pray for the people over there or what to do practically. Because as you said, Jared, tens of thousands of civilians are dying. Yeah. And I know, I know people who have lost sons and daughters and, and they're Jesus loving people. And we just need this spirit of violence. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a, I don't even want to go into that much more other than to say there's, there's a guy in the book and interrupt me at any time if you want to, if you want to move on to another question, but there's a guy in the book named Colonel Valent, Valentin Kalinovich, Grinovich. He was a former Soviet colonel. And then when the wall fell, his folks lived in Ukraine. So he and his wife are like, well, we're not in the Soviet military anymore. So what do we do? Let's go and re- rebuild our lives in Ukraine. So they go, they fall in love with Ukraine. He gets born again, baptized in the spirit. And now he is a, he heads up all the war chaplains through this organization. He's the guy and he's a pastor and he's a seminary professor in Kiev. His chapter, if you want to get to the spiritual root of what's it like, what's the spirit, what's going on in the Kremlin, well, you know, because I don't want to demonize Russians. Jesus loves the Russian people. He loves all nations, right? But there is there is a very, very, uh, let's just say, uh, ungodly element and spirit happening and, and animating what's happening there through the Kremlin and specific people in the Kremlin. And we, we need to pray for the, the peace of Jerusalem to fall and for revival to fall. Karinovich says, I know hundreds of those officers right now that are invading Ukraine. And I'll tell you right now, it's not a godly spirit. And so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I know when this thing kicked off, I didn't have a full understanding or grasping right. of uh, sure. everything before it. I have, you know, I know people, some people were validating Putin and other people, Zelensky, you know what? They're, they're both men and God is not on, I don't think God is favoring either one of them, you know, as a person. Okay. So for, for me though, the innocent people, those people need to be protected, saved. They have worth, they have, you know, they're, they're created in the image of God. And, you know, we do need to continue to pray for our leaders, the politicians, innocent people, uh, and we can help out where we can. So we're talking about your book, Hope for Ukraine. And so you, you capture other stories, you know, in that, and, and I know it's inspirational. There's some information in there, but people's stories as to right. miracles taking place and hope. So I'd oh, love yeah. for you to share maybe a, a story or two from your yeah. time there for the three weeks that stick out to you that you want to convey. Yeah. So, so when I was in Poland, I met a couple that had fled with their little two-year-old daughter and uh, the only reason actually that the father was able to leave because fighting men between the ages of 18 and 60 are supposed to stay unless they have a special dispensation or reason to leave. And this gentleman was able to leave 
because his daughter um, had a, is two years old and had a genetic defect. So they're living in Kiev. They're working for an American school. They're middle class, you know, Ukrainians. And suddenly the war breaks out. The very day that they were supposed to have the corrective surgery on this young, I don't know the defect, but it's not uncommon. And and but it's easily fixable in kids. Like you're born with it, kind of a thing. And then they the cardiologist goes in and fixes this valve problem. And so they were supposed to have the surgery literally on February 24th. <laughs> and suddenly, the, instead of that, the Russians are invading and they're like, they're heading for Kiev. And we all thought at that time that they would just, you know, they would be like the Germans rolling into Poland in World War II and just, you know, there'd be no resistance. And of course, we were proven wrong by the, the gutsy, you know, uh, Ukrainian army. But so they fled to his folks' house. Okay, so and his folks live out in the country about 50 miles from Kiev and they're because th they're thinking there's no military strategic value. It's this little village, you know, in the middle of nowhere. We'll be safe out there and we'll ride out this you know, conflict. Well, little did they know that they were going from the fire into the frying pan, I mean, from the frying pan into the fire, because that was the literal journey or road that the Ukrainian army was taking to try to encircle Kiev. And it was it literally right through their village called Motsin. This village is called Motsin. So here they are. They're at his parents' house. His father is diabetic, had had his leg amputated about three months earlier. So he's not non-ambulatory in a wheelchair. And every day they see, they see the gun, they hear the shelling. It's getting closer and closer. They're blacked out their windows. Suddenly they can see tanks. They actually witnessed um, one neighbor where two store two two doors down where they uh, made the mistake of opening their curtains and peering out a uh, Russian tank opened fire on this civilian home killed the family instantly and so this is all happening literally now within streets and blocks from where they're holed up so at night the gentleman would go Anatoly he would go on the roof of the house with uh, his father's hunting scope from his hunting rifle and he would scope out the russian positions and then he would go on a private chat channel and i had to change his name in the book for for fear of uh, right. russian retribution and he would tell the ukrainians the tank positions so when in the news when you saw some of those tanks that were blown up along the streets that that was intelligence that he provided some of which pretty intense times um eventually it got so bad that a tank rolled right outside the window here he is with his parents who are elderly, his daughter who has his heart you know, issue. And admittedly, he said before that, we were just kind of your typical Orthodox Ukrainian people. We went to church a couple of times a year. We believed in God, but we didn't know much about Jesus. But we just started praying to Jesus. <laughs> they had this like organic experience of suddenly needing Jesus without a preacher or anybody telling them it's just the Holy Spirit, you know? And so one day it was middle of the day. You don't, you don't leave during the middle of the day. Right. But the dilemma is you can't leave at night because there was a curfew. The Russian army had a curfew and they're like, we, okay, there's a curfew at night. So if we see movement at night, we know it's probably Russians. So they, they're sort of, you know, uh, darned if they do and darned if they don't. And they mm -hmm. finally, um, he's praying, the gentleman's praying one afternoon. This is like four days in and it's getting intense. Like, Houses on fire, like three houses down. I mean, it is, it's, they got to do something there. It's desperate, desperation time. It's two in the afternoon. They've heard reports through a local police station and a friend who's in a village to the West because they're trying to escape to the West. And they're, they're being told, don't leave now. It's too dangerous. But he literally hears God tell him, you need to leave right now. 
if you want to make it, you have to leave right now. So he's like, he tells his wife, Anastasia, we have to go now. She's like, that's crazy. She goes, you have to trust me. I really believe God's telling us to leave. So they literally rush outside. They, they throw everybody in the car. They race off. They're going down these streets with, you know, bodies, civilians who have been shot. I mean, they're, I sat with these people, you know, over dinner and they tell me the story and weeping, you know, about these civilians just lying in the street, old women, men, children shot and terrible things. Some of which I never even read in the news, but, but they, so they, they managed to get out of town and they, they finally were, were able to escape and they got to they got to Poland eventually and that's where I met them through a mutual friend and another uh, believer that put me in contact with them and I had dinner with them in this place where they were staying so it was an amazing experience right so I come home after that and I'm writing it and I get an email from Anastasia and she said Kyle we just saw a report on CNN and it featured our village and there that road that we took at 2 p.m. on that day and she knew the exact day of course she said CNN just did a report and they they reported on a conflict that happened along that road two hours after we left at 4 p.m. where 18 civilians uh, tried to escape and had been shot down by the Russians. And they now call that the road of death. So she said, if, if, if I hadn't listened to my husband, if we hadn't left then when God told us to leave, I wouldn't be writing you this email. And now they're born again Christians. <laughs> So that's, if that's not enough to, you you know, drive you to your knees and accept Jesus as your savior, you know, and, and they're going to a local church in, in Poland, uh, you know, a Christian church there. So it's, that's, that's one of the, the incredible stories sort yeah. of that was ripped from the headlines, right? Yeah. And we need to hear these stories. Yeah. Hope-filled, spirit-filled. Absolutely. What God is doing there. So Kyle, can you lead us in prayer for, Yeah. you said you even said earlier, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace yeah. of Ukraine. Yeah. Pray for the peace Absolutely. of Russia. Pray for the peace right. of America, all that. So yeah. would you yeah. lead us? Oh, that would be my honor. Thank you, Jared. Father God, we thank you that we have, we live in a country where we can come uh, openly and pray to you and for others, Lord, over um, our media and over this wonderful podcast, Lord. First of all, I, I pray that you bless the Lasky family, Father God, um, as they sacrifice to put this uh, wonderful media content out there to the world to teach people how to live the spirit-filled life, Father. Lord, I thank you for the Ukrainian people who have suffered so much, not just over the last year, but over the last eight years. And Father, uh, we don't we don't pray. We pray only, Father God, that you would bring peace to that land. Father God, we pray for the killing, would, that the killing would stop, Lord, that there would be all of the things that need to happen, which we don't see, Father God, in the flesh. It seems like a hopeless situation with two different huge armies entrenched with just just scores of young men and women killed every day. So we just invite your Holy Spirit into that, Lord God. We thank you for those chaplains on the front lines. Lord, we, we know that there are also Christians on the other side too, Lord, on the Russian side and, and lots of believers in Russia. So Father, we pray that you would break down the borders you would break down whatever spirit is operating there, Father. And we we invite your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to enter into the trenches, the spiritual trenches, Father, to, to unravel and to disassemble whatever structures and uh, strongholds that the enemy has devised, Lord, and that Satan is, is uh, 
perpetrating on that land, Father, in that conflict. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord. We pray for those um, with sound minds, Lord, and hearts that are that are uh, bended to you to be able to drive forward peace in that place, Father. And Lord, I pray for everyone listening that you would give them their own personal assignment. Father, we're not all called to pray for Ukraine. We're not all, you know, we, Lord, you give us assignments and seasons. And I, but I just do pray that you would quicken the hearts of those who are listening who do have an assignment to either practically give through lots of different wonderful ministries that are working, you know, trusted Christian people who are working in Ukraine to help the refugees. But also, Lord, just for, for other things, you know, for intercession, for maybe partnering with a sister church and finding a church in Ukraine that they can partner with. And we just pray, Lord God, for all these things. And, and I just thank you for our time together, yeah. uh, for Jared and I and his family, Lord, to just knit our hearts together and to discuss this very intense and tragic story. But Lord, the battles, we may be losing some of them, but Lord, we know that you, you ultimately win the war. And we thank you that Jesus is on the throne and has already secured that victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, Kyle. You're what welcome. is the best way for people to get a hold of a copy of your book, Hope for Ukraine, and also to follow you? Yeah, the easiest, of course, is just online, you know, throughout your favorite retailer, Barnes Noble or Amazon, whatever you prefer, uh, or through chosenbooks.com. And um, I'm on Facebook and and also I'm on uh, Twitter, so you can find me there. Uh, and and it's, it's pretty easy to, to find me. I'm in San Diego. And yeah, but I just appreciate this time so much, Jared. And and uh, especially as we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the invasion, the major invasion here in about eight days. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, Kyle. It was an honor, pleasure to have you on. I do want to encourage people to get a hold of your book, Hope for Ukraine. Get it on Amazon. And as Kyle was saying, get it from Chosen Books. You know, this this is a very powerful book with encouraging stories, uh, some tragic stories and things like that. But we need to stay up to date and continue to pray for peace, peace, peace that surpasses all understanding and for people to come to Jesus right mm -hmm. there in Ukraine, Amen. in Russia, in Europe, and around yep. the world. Absolutely. I want to encourage you guys again. I have a free download available for you, How to Receive the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. That link is in the podcast description. But also, please subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you're on Apple, give us a five-star rate and review. If you're on Spotify, give us stars or whatever they do. <laughs> Wherever mm -hmm. you listen, that helps us reach more people. So if you rate it and review, say this episode with my friend Kyle, it will be, you know, the algorithm will kick in so that more people will be exposed to it and hear Kyle's stories of hope in Ukraine. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.